You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. 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 Recommendation, 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 promotion, entrepreneurship, live shows, live shows, music, touring, streaming, hustling, overcoming self-overcoming, then battle, anxiety, accomplishment, dealing, pressure. This is episode 75 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. Since the CD Baby DIY Musician Conference was cancelled this year due to COVID, I wanted to take a minute in this, the third installment of Just the Tip, to ask some of the attendees I met last year why they went and what they got out of the conference. To start us off, the very first person I met before the keynote speech was Andrew Plan. I had gotten to Austin the night before and decided to take a walk and ended up on Rainy Street to take in some beers, food and music. I didn't end up making any connections that night and by the morning I was feeling a little bit isolated. So as I was waiting for the keynote doors to open, I felt quite shy and nervous to start a conversation with anyone. Thankfully, Andrew was kind enough to break the ice and honestly set the tone for the rest of the conference. Here's his response. Hey there, this is Andrew Plan, as in Man with the Plan. I'm a pop singer-songwriter based in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I didn't come to the CD Baby conference to learn anything in particular. I came to the conference to feel part of a larger music community. Being an independent artist is fun and rewarding, but it can also be very isolating. So I was just looking forward to going to the conference to connect with other musicians and just soak up all the learnings and lessons I was meant to learn at the time. My biggest takeaway from the conference was the power of sharing one's story. I remember attending Gina Chavez's keynote and I was just blown away by her honesty and and vulnerability and sharing um, all the parts of her story and how they shaped her not only as an artist, but also as a person as well. Here's a look back at what my good friend LaToya had to say in episode 23 about her experience at the conference. Well, the crazy thing was the crazy thing was that I went to the conference with completely no expectations. I was just completely open, and um, I was amazed at how great the the segments were and mm-hmm. how much information they actually provided and how um, how the in depth of the information how great it was. So I took back so much information that was useful that I could use with my clients on how to better market, um, building relationships, networking. Also, um, CPA type of information to better position my business for with the financial aspect. And so, so yeah, it was a lot of great things. In episode 24, I talked to Arizona-based cellist Ruthie Wilde. 
Here's what she had to say about the conference. Similar to the concert prior, concert, my mind, uh, <laughs> conference prior, um, I, I, it was pretty balanced in terms of, um, you know, I took a lot of pragmatic notes, you know, in like some of the sessions. Oh, Simon the Tan, that was a really, mm. really fantastic um, presentation. Um, so I took a lot of notes from, you know, what he had to say on um, all kinds of things, marketing and um, just steering your career. And, and I, I don't know, I, and everyone had, I, I felt, had, had valuable content to share. Um, so, yeah, there were some of the log- logistical things that I definitely could use the help on. And, and then, you know, moments like meeting you in line mm-hmm. for, you know, just random things, you just meeting with other people and and. And I, I guess for musicians, that's, I don't know, it's it's such an interesting lifestyle, I find, because I, on the one hand, I'm surrounded by many musicians all the time. And on the other hand, I, I, it's, I don't always have that kind of space to actually um, speak casually, you know, like we're not mm-hmm. on a gig together. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, or some musicians I don't meet because we're always working at the same time. So, sure. Um, but but yeah, I mean anyway, just different perspectives. The other thing too it, that I I love about the conference is that you bring together so many different kinds of musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I I was trained classically. I do a lot of work for higher things. I'm I'm also writing my own music. Kind of that's more of a back burner project right now, um, which is very different from, for example, maybe what you do or what someone else I know does, um, and that I think is really powerful to to connect with people in a space transcendent from the day-to-day what it you know what we do as musicians but just who sure. we are as musicians episode 25 saw me chatting with td benton from white color sideshow a husband and wife duo i met at the conference who live on the road playing their music here's what td had to say about the conference and how it relates to their life in music i thought the conference was awesome um to me i, I it's not necessarily that we had learned anything absolutely new or what we should be doing better i feel like it was confirmation that we're we're doing everything on that on the right track because i felt like that that conference was for a lot of artists that were starting out um Mm -hmm. so it was hard to find people that i connected with that had been on the road for 20 years that i could learn from as far as that goes um but it was confirmation that hey we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this And ultimately for me, I'm a creative. My wife is the business part of what we do. So a lot of those Mm -hmm. seminars were above my head and I would get in there and they would start talking about all these things that need to be done. And I would become this monster of anxiety and going, and I'll text my wife, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we doing this? And she goes, get out of that seminar. Yes, we're doing all those (laughs) things. You're making my life more difficult because you're texting me all these things. Of course, I'm doing all this stuff. (laughs) So. Um, but funny. I feel like that that conference. I've recommended that conference to a, a, a few friends back home in Fort Smith, and uh, I feel like it's important for artists who are not exactly living the way that we live because we're living it and breathing it right now. And that transition mm-hmm. is is a difficult one to move into if you're working full time jobs and you have bills and you have all those things to move into a full time um, transition of living on the road is is a different animal. And so mm-hmm. we've had to do all of those things because of how we live. 
Um, but at the same time, I feel like that that conference that should be recommended to not just artists starting out, but artists trying to figure out how I can do more or am I doing enough? Sure. I, I thought it was super supportive, you know, not just the the seminars, but like the musicians together. There were so many different genres and everyone was so positive. Um, but it, it it definitely gave you the sense that, you know, whatever you want to do, whether it's touring, whether it's studio, whether it's YouTube, like there's a place for everyone and you can make a living doing it. You you just have to get a plan together and yeah. and goals and, and you're good. And there's, there's something for everyone, I think, really. Yeah. I, which I, I thought was super, super good. Definitely agree. I feel like the community there was, you know, when you, mm. when you have a lot of artists together, it's, I, I didn't feel like it was competitive by any stretch. I feel like everybody was there was to sharpen iron with each other. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that was really uh, imp obviously important for artists to see that, that we're all in this. And you're right, there is a place for everyone. And it is, it's, and it's not just figuring out a plan, so to say, it's figuring out your plan. Like, what is mm -hmm. it that you want to accomplish? Um, because to say, to make a living playing music, it's so broad. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So you've got to figure out the baby steps to get to that ultimate goal. And mm. I think that's something that we have learned along the way of living on the road, especially is, you know, baby steps are, are very important. And, and you have to celebrate the, uh, the little victories every day, whether it's, absolutely. wow, I mailed a CD off today to, wow, we got booked for a festival next year. You know, there's so many different little victories and little baby steps that we, because if we made the jump overnight, you have nothing to fall back on. And so, mm -hmm. and that's when your mental health can fall apart. And, um, and when, when you've gotten to a point and you fall face first back into this black hole, that's when it's like, how do I get out of this? And so baby yeah. steps are super important because you can always come back a couple baby steps and figure it out and go forward again. And, um. And I feel like that's what we've had to experience in many, many times in our life in this uh, mm. 3,000 times, 4,000 times in our life right, in, right. in this is relearning that process, relearning that process and trying to learn from our mistakes personally, trying to learn from our mistakes musically um, and as, as a whole, even as a husband and wife on the road, trying to be a team and build into each other and uh and not bite at each other because we're together 24 hours a day, you know, and right. really become one unit as, as opposed to a bunch of fingers. In episode 28, I met up with Dirty Doc, also known as Dirty Metal Lefty. Here's what she had to say about the conference. What prompted you to go to the conference in the first place? Oh, that was my second time going. Okay. Um, I went to the, the, the one Nashville. last year. Yeah, I was in, I was in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun doing that. But, um... I intended to try to get to the ones prior to that, but it just never happened between, because mm. back then, you know, I still had my day job. I was, you know, the corporate corporate pharmaceutical pharmacy life. Um, that was like sucking my soul. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even get off work to, to go do right. certain things. But um, but yeah, uh, I always just see the ads, like we have this music conference and then just finally I got able to, to, to go. And then we had such a great time. In Nashville, it's like this is gonna have to be a regular thing. I make so many fucking friends, dude, like, mm. and contacts, and just everybody was there for basically the same, if not the exact same purpose, the same general purpose, right. you know. 
So that was really cool to have so many people be on the same page and so be respectful and mm. it wasn't like a competitive environment. No, it was extremely know. supportive and everyone was really cool. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, like, I, I said this before to a couple of other people and like, I, I think the, uh, the one thing I took out of it was that the musicianship there was ridiculous. Oh my God. And, and I, I got, I kind of gone to that. Oh, I'm, I, you know, I got to force myself to say I'm good enough to play live and I can't get out. I've got to get over that kind of imposter syndrome and, you know, I don't need to keep practicing as much as I do. And then I go there. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, <laughs> it will make you humble. Oh, man. That's for damn sure. It will make you really humble, bring you down a peg, but not in that negative sense. No, it's, it's just like, that oh, it just pushes you. you. Want it, yeah, it just pushes you to keep, to keep being, keep improving, to keep, mm. to keep growing. I guess I should say more than anything to keep growing. Absolutely. So what did, what do you end up learning um, while you were there? What, oh, were the, what, the, what were the key points you got out of it? This to, I guess number one, I'm on the right track. Mm. Not that I didn't already kind of feel like I was, but it was almost like validation mm. that I'm on the right track, you know. And that particular um, session, all the sessions, there was, there was a lot of talk about self-care, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's like a huge like buzzword now, but it's something that should always been important like oh, yeah. from jump. Diego Vargas is a Southern California-based guitarist that is at the start of a very promising career and in my opinion is poised to become one of the new wave of guitar heroes that we will see in the next decade. This was his response back in episode 30. I just real what made me really want to go was I just realized I kind of hit like a plateau of what I knew like music business wise and I was mm -hmm. like you know what like I started doing research and I realized that you know it's not the same way it used to be you can't just like you know go play everywhere and get a record deal. It's not the way it was in the 80s. I'm like, I just realized, like, I don't really have a clear idea on what it takes to make it. Mm. So I did my research. You know, me and my dad, we tried to look, you know, here and there, and he found this conference. I'm like, this looks amazing. Why wouldn't I not want to go? Right. So then I went, and it was definitely worth it. I learned so much incredible, just so much so much stuff. It was definitely a blast. Sure. And, and you know, you said, you know, quote, unquote, make it. So is your opinion of that, based on you know the traditional getting signed to a label you know what what society kind of feels as making it did the conference kind of change your perspective of what making it was i think it was um hmm. because i know for the longest time i definitely did think of making it as you know being a super mega rock star touring the world but then as i grew older and kind of matured a bit more and looked at the state of the music industry it's not that i don't think i can do it but i think for me Making it is where you can live successfully. Like you don't have to be super famous, but if you're making money off your art and you're you know comfortable, that's I think in my definition is making it. And the conference definitely um, really proved that to me. Awesome. You you have just not only installed my faith in the younger generation, but <laughs> I can end the discussion now because that's that is like word for word the perfect response for the the making it argument. Like textbook, yeah. that's textbook. So congratulations. Yeah. No, that that's exactly you know that's exactly it. The I thought the conference was extremely uh, supportive and everyone was really friendly. Um, like you said, you know, tons of con contacts and everyone you know really just interested in what everyone else is doing. It's really really um, a really healthy environment. Um, yeah, no, it was it was great because like I'm. In SoCal, like I'm close enough to like you know like Orange County and LA and all the big areas, mm -hmm. but my town is pretty small, 
So I don't get to meet a lot of other like musicians trying to do the same thing I want to do. So cool. it was kind of like a culture shock to meet a lot of musicians that want to do the same thing I'm doing. Like, oh my God, there are people like me. They understand the crap we go through. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, great. That, that's what I felt like growing up in, you know, as a metalhead, like that whole community was like, oh, there's these people I connect with. And that, yeah, it's the same mm-hmm. feeling exactly in the, in the, the conferences. Episode 52 saw me catching up with Anasa Sewell, a multi-instrumentalist, singer, and composer based in both California and Boston that had this to say about the conference. Ah, yes. Oh, the DIY Musician Conference was so awesome. Um, I learned a lot from from this speaker. I think his name was Kevin Tam. Am I correct? Do you remember Oh, him? Simon Tam. Simon Tam. Yes. Wow, my bad. Yes, exactly. Simon Tam was so inspiring. I I went to. Did both. you go to? I went to you did. both. I was I, in both too. Yeah, yeah. it was mind blowing. Yes, I think um, his his ideas of how to put your music in unusual spaces that you wouldn't expect it to be, like as a perk for buying a sake bottle, or right. as like making your own Yelp account as a band to review the restaurants you love. I think just his ideas were so, so clever and I hope to adopt some of them. If anything, they just kept me really fired up to be my authentic self as he was. So yeah, that was like my biggest takeaway. Um, Definitely. Awesome. What did you think about the, uh, the, the, um, the tone of the, um, the attendees? I mean, I found it really supportive, really, um, I was blown away by the, the amount of, uh, musicianship and how good people were when I saw them perform. It kind of you know, made me think, oh crap, I need to practice way more. <laughs> but I mean, no, in just in general, it was so supportive. Everyone, you know, like talked to people and, and got to know, I came away with a ton of uh, contacts and, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. So I think it was great that way. Yes. Anything else that you found? I I also felt like I met a ton of really awesome people and I was so bummed because I was about to sit at a cafe, you know, maybe um maybe come January or late December. I was sitting at a cafe and I had this like uh plastic bag with all of the business cards and information from different people and I was going to start emailing folks to try to connect and then I left the cafe and I forgot the Uh, bag there and I didn't even get like two emails done and by the time I realized that I had left it there it was no longer at the cafe and so I lost the information of a lot of people but I'm feeling really grateful for social media and that Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to stay in touch in that way and some other lovely people that I met there. Um, for example, I met Animal Prince there, the the dream pop duo. And what I love about them is that they break out into dance in the middle of their set. And I've mm. never seen a band do that, like in a in a non-pretentious, super like whimsical way. And they they just are really delightful people. And they're also based um, in the Bay Area in Oakland, actually. Okay. And so we've gotten to jam out once. And that was really fun. Um, I, I look forward to jamming with them again post-quarantine. But... Right. Definitely, cool. definitely feel like I made some really genuine connections. It was not a competitive feeling at all. It was like mm-hmm. a let's lift each other up, let's share each other's music, let's repost each other's stuff, um, and share resources. So it was, it was really, it's, it was a great community to be a part of. 
Hopefully, we will see the conference back in full swing next year, and I will most definitely be there. It will be great to catch up with friends that I made last year, and I am sure that I will make many more. But don't let the lack of physical conferences and gigs stop you. Get in touch and let me know your thoughts about this episode or the podcast in general, or any other music-related conferences you've been to. What did you get out of them? Don't forget to head over to musiconyourownterms.com for the show notes from this episode, the links to the guests featured, and sign up for the mailing list to find out about upcoming guests on future episodes. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. Just, 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 yeah.